Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I was getting ready to pivot. I have uh, this polling stuff. I got like a, a third of Gen Z favors the government installing surveillance cameras in our homes. They're okay with that. Like, that's a crazy stat. I got, I got this all the show prep. You got the state convention for the GOP going on in Greensboro. I'm ready to move off of the indictment stuff. And then they release the indictment. And so I was reading through. They got a picture here. Apparently, when they took all the boxes from the White House, they brought them to Mar-a-Lago. And these boxes have classified information in them. And they just stacked them all up on the stage in the white and gold ballroom. And there's a picture. (laughs) They're all stacked up on the stage. I don't think that's a secure location, guys. Um, This other guy, Walt Nauta, who was, uh, he was... I think he's a Navy guy, and he was assigned to the White House as a valet to the president, and so he he stayed on with the president. He's also been indicted because he was he was moving the boxes around at Trump's behest, apparently. Um, on April 5th, 2021, an employee of the office of Donald J. Trump texted another employee of that office to ask whether Trump's boxes could be moved out of the business center to make room for staff to use it as an office. Trump employee two replied, quote, whoa, or whoa. Okay. So POTUS specifically asked Walt for those boxes to be in the business center because they are his quote papers. Later that day, Trump employee one and employee two had the following text exchange. We can definitely make it work. I don't know why I'm adopting that voice. What kind of voice should I? We're, uh, we can definitely make it work if we move his papers into the lake room. There's still a little room in the shower where his other stuff is. Is it only his papers he cares about? There's some other stuff in there that are not papers. Could that go to storage? Or does he want everything in there on property? Yes, anything that's not the beautiful mind paper boxes. What? Anything that's not the beautiful mind paper boxes can go to storage. Is that a reference to the movie Beautiful Mind? Oh, my gosh. Is that what they're talking about? That can't be what they're talking about. What? Anything that's not the beautiful mind paper boxes can definitely go to storage. I'm tra- it's been a long time since I saw Beautiful Mind. Right, it's the one with the gladiator guy, and he's uh, he's insane. But he did like all of the code. He was like breaking this fictional code that's in his in his brain, and he puts together all of the, the, the he's like this code breaker thing on the wall, and he has all of these codes on the wall. Is that what they're talking about? The newspaper clippings and the magazine articles, all that stuff. He's clipping all of this stuff. First off, who was doing that for him? That's kind of nuts. That's old school too, right? That is, I mean, that's old school. Clipping newspapers? Come on, who does that? 
anymore. I mean, who even gets a newspaper? The dead tree copies? Here's a picture of the stuff in the bathroom, I guess. Is this the bathroom? Oh, that's the lake room. Yeah. Uh, 80 boxes into a storage room. There's the picture in the storage. There's a closet. Uh, I opened the door, found this. Uh, boxes all open, stuff strewn all across the floor. Here's the disclosures of classified information in the private meetings. Um, he attended an interview. It was recorded with his knowledge and consent. All right, so here's the, the story about Millie. All right, so here's the transcript. Okay, so Trump says, well, with Millie, uh, let me see. that." Well, I mean, they, they have his name redacted here, but it's, it's the Joint Chiefs, General Mark Milley. All right, so, well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack country A. It's Iran. He, wa- he said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look, this was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Writer says, wow. Trump says, we looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. All sorts of stuff. Pages long. Look. Stafford says, hmm. Trump says, wait a minute. Let's see here. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, ha, ha. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know? Mm. Stafford says, mm-hmm. Trump says, except it is, like, highly confidential. Stafford, yeah, ha, 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 Trump, secret. This is secret information. Look, look at this. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty damning. <laughs> Come on, really? This is secret information. Look at this. You attack... And and then they have it redacted. I don't know, guys. That seems, that seems pretty cut and dry right there. Uh, yikes. By the way, isn't that incredible? Yeah. I was just thinking because we were talking about it, and, you know, he said that he wanted to attack Iran. And what this was done by the military and given to me. Um, I think we could probably, right, declassify it. See, as president, so he, oh, so here you go. This is him saying, I think we can probably declassify it. And the staffer says, yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to try to figure out, yeah. And that's when Trump says, see, as president, I could have declassified it. Now I can't, you know, but this is still a secret. Staffer, yeah, ha, ha, ha. Now we have a problem. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I think you do. So that's the recorded one. There was another meeting up in Jersey at the Bedminster Club with a representative of his political action committee. During that meeting, Trump commented that an ongoing military operation in country B was not going very well. Hmm. Ukraine? Is that... When was this? September 21. Were we doing stuff? Were we helping Ukraine? Was that happening at that point? Or was maybe this is Afghanistan, the pullout? Trump showed the PAC representative a classified map of country B. 
and told them that he should not be showing this map to the PAC representative and not to get too close. The PAC representative did not have a security clearance or any need-to-know classified information about the military operation. See, I keep coming back. You know what I keep coming back to here is the uh, the question that CNN's Caitlin Collins asked Trump whether he showed anybody any of the classified documents. I got to believe they knew about this. They knew at least the the outline, the the contours of the uh, of these stories, right? Four years um, after, or sorry, four years before Trump's disclosures of classified information set forth above, Trump said at a press conference, "Quote: The first thing I thought of when I heard about it, how does the press get this information that's classified? How do they do it? You know why?" Because it's an illegal process and the press should be ashamed of themselves. But more importantly, the people that gave out the information to the press should be ashamed of themselves. Really ashamed. So they're, they're pointing out that he, he knew what the rules were. And he knew this was wrong to, spread cla- or to disclose classified information. Okay, so those are the two examples. Then there's more pictures of boxes. Um, to, to, to Pine Hall's an entry room in Trump's residence, and Nauta says nothing about the boxes yet. He has one he's working on in Pine Hall, knocked out two boxes yesterday. So they're going through the boxes. Um, help me bring up some more. So they got some text messages going back and forth, checking on the boxes. Um, he's going through them. New boxes. All right. Da, 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 da. So this thing is, I'm, a, I'm only on page 20, and it's 49 pages. Um the FBI then, regarding the location and movement of boxes before the production to the archives, NADA, the the aide, made false and misleading statements. NADA falsely stated that he was not aware of Trump's boxes being brought to Trump's residence for review. But they have the text messages that show he did. He falsely stated that he did not know how the boxes that he and Trump or sorry, that he and an employee had brought from the residence to the commercial truck for delivery to NARA had gotten to the residence. He claimed not to know how they got there. And um, when asked whether he knew where Trump's boxes had been stored, um, he says, I wish I could tell you I don't know. But he did know. That was false. So Nauta seems like he's got some problems here. Um The FBI opens an investigation on March 30th. On April 26th, the federal grand jury opens its investigation. They got, uh, then they, uh, they're documenting here on page 21, the concealment of the boxes. Um, Trump in some and substance made the following statements among others as memorialized by one of his attorneys. Okay. So he calls his attorneys to discuss the May 11th subpoena, Trump attorney one and Trump attorney two which I wonder if these are the two guys that just resigned today, uh, said they needed to search for documents that would be responsive. And now they've got a whole bunch of statements here that Trump made uh, that were memorialized by the attorneys. Yikes. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, 
water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Let me go over here to Robert. Hello, Robert. Welcome to the show. Hello, Pete. Hey, what's up? Um, I'm listening to you um, read the uh, read from the indictment with the back and forth between President Trump and his aide. Yeah. And I'm presuming that you were reading verbatim. Correct. Uh, when using the word, yeah. In other words... Several times, the president asked his aide a yes or no question, and the aide responded with the with the slang, slippery word, yeah. Yeah, now, yeah, it's called, uh, or at least this is the transcript, it says Y-E-A-H, yeah. And a lot of the times, he's not even asking a question, the staffer is just saying, yeah, 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 and then and there's laughter. Well, as you probably remember, what uh, for President Clinton, when he was in his trouble, he finally got to the argument of saying, well, it all depends on what the w- meaning of the word is, is. That's true. And, and that came down to tense, is versus was. And, and of course, in common conversation, it, it doesn't really matter. But in a, in a legal proceeding, I think when, when all these yes are taken into account by this aide, he, he's going to be able to argue that's, that does not mean yes. It just means, it just means yeah, I heard you. Yeah. Uh, the word yeah is so overused today. I, it is such a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. It is a slippery slang word that has no real meaning, and yet it's used everywhere, including on TV and the radio. Right. Well, why is it such a why is it such an affront to you? Why because, is it slippery? Why is yeah? Uh, why is that uh, slippery? Well, because a lot of times when people are asked questions, even on TV, even in very formal circumstances, they will begin. Uh, the answer to, to that question, yeah, or even worse, yeah, no, or even worse than that, yeah, no, absolutely. So that doesn't mean yes, it doesn't mean no, it just means I'm going to go to my next point and I'm not going to answer your question, yes or no. no I, it's just something that, that is, is so common these days, and it's not, I guess you can argue that I'm kind of a prude for being uh, uh, concerned about proper speech, but but particularly in a legal proceeding, I think this word "yeah" is going to can be argued by this aide as well. I was not saying yes. Okay, whatever uh, predilection you have about the word "yeah" uh, aside, it doesn't materially change anything that Donald Trump said. Right, the stuff that Trump said is the damning stuff. It's not the staffer because the staffer is just saying "yeah, yeah, yeah." He's just saying it as sort of this affirmation head nod. It's almost like a mm-hmm, mm-hmm kind of a, a, a expression. It's not, he, he's not even being asked any questions. Like it says, uh, uh, isn't that incredible? He says, yeah, I was thinking because we were talking about it. And, you know, he said he wanted to attack country A and what this was done by the military given to me. And uh, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll have to try to see. Trump says declassify it. Stafford says figure out a yeah. And then president says, see, as president, I could have declassified it. And the Stafford says, yeah. Or he could be saying, yeah, 
Yeah, because he keeps saying it over and over as Trump is saying, uh, and now I, I, I can't, you know, but this is still a secret. Isn't that interesting? Now we have a problem. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. And I just said it there. I, it's used as an, as an affirmative. And you, I, I guess you could not like the word, but it's, it, 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 it's well, like, has yay. Has this aide been indicted? Uh, this one in this transcript is not named. This one is a staffer. And so the staffer, or sorry, the, uh, the other guy that's named, he is named throughout the indictment. So this tells me that this staffer is somebody else. It's not Mauta or Mauta. Yeah, it's a different person. Okay, well, I thought this aide had been indicted, and I thought he would have an argument on his answer. Oh, okay. No, no, I think, so I think this is somebody, it's uh, that he's, he's working with Trump or for Trump, and they're going over one of the documents, and Trump is saying, like, here's the Iran battle plan, the invasion plan, and I could have declassified it, but I didn't. Um, and you know, now we may have a, now we have a problem says the staffer, but like, they're all kind of joking about it, but it shows that it shows that they knew that it was not declassified and that they shouldn't be sharing it because they were joking about it. So if that's what the transcript and that's what the audio actually, you know, shows or, or plays, then like, I think that would be. That's pretty damning, I think. Uh, Robert, I appreciate the call. I'll try not to say yes so much, but I do say it a lot. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the program. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> I, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know the difference between yes and yeah. But um, I just, I just want to say that I think with Biden's administration being as failure as it is, uh, Kamala Harris is a complete failure, and now he's announced he's running for president again i think they're getting nervous and i think this is a little bit more the same with the russian collusion stuff where they just put up a bunch of front stuff so that it all looks good on the front page and then when they retract it they don't even retract it you know like like if you're accused of doing something it's on the front page and then when you're cleared from it Mm -hmm. you're on page six Mm -hmm. you know what i mean uh no no i get it and and nobody nobody seems to mention that whole nonsense brouhaha with the with the Russian collusion steel dossier nonsense. This is just more of the same. They're scared he's going to win, and they're scared he's going to win because this administration hasn't done a damn thing they're supposed to do. So first, uh, so uh, number one, I could actually make the uh, argument that they want uh, him indicted because they want his poll numbers to go up, so this way he wins the the GOP primary and then loses in the general. Um, because he's uh, the the numbers show other candidates have an easier time beating Biden than Trump does. They, they, there is a uh, there is a sentiment that they want to run against Trump uh, because, well, because I understand. They, yeah, yeah, they beat him because they beat him before. Now this is this is a different level uh, because you've got an indictment. So I I would put this not with the Steele dossier comparison, which by the way has prompted the very reaction that you're expressing right where now people don't believe anything about Donald Trump negative because of all of the the boy who cried wolf examples in the past. And that's what uh, Sununu was uh, was saying on MSNBC. Uh, Matt, I appreciate the uh, call. I got to get over to the news department, get an update. 
All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. I want to get uh, take a bit of a detour for a moment and talk with my friend Ramona Holloway from our sister station Mix 1079 uh, about the big event coming up tomorrow in Uptown Charlotte at the Roxbury Nightclub. Hey Ramona, how are you? I'm good. Good, good to talk to you. Yeah, I'm glad you made some time for me today. You're very busy. And um, for folks who aren't aware, Ramona uh, was the uh, the better half of the Matt and Ramona show for years and years on our sister station. Um, what's your official title now? Because you moved over I, to do what? I am the community affairs manager for Radio 1 Charlotte. So if you're looking to have an affair, you could. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So as part of this work, you uh, you do a lot of you know, stuff the uh, you know with the community engagement and events and stuff. But this family dance party, this is your baby. This has been going on for a while. So uh, and I and I got back to Charlotte last year, and I was able to uh, to come to the family dance party last year. How did you get the idea for this event? I actually got it as uh, as a result of my mom's dementia because the one thing she never forgot were her favorite oldies. And she loved to dance, and she loved children. And it just made sense because the little kids that she befriended in our neighborhood continued to visit her and continued to play games with her. So the generational connection was wonderful for her. The music was wonderful for her. And it was just a way to have fun despite her diagnosis. So I thought about the only time that families generally get together to dance, and that's a wedding reception. So let's ditch the bride, the groom, and and the and the gifts and just come together, people of all ages, to dance and play games and have fun and raise money for the Alzheimer's Association. Family Dance Party is presented by Jameson Realty. They've been a great partner. Paul Jameson's been a great partner yeah. in this. And Paul Jameson actually is my co-host at the dance party this year. Um, we decided we did not want to let him dance anymore. Ah, uh, that's no. fair. <laughs> I saw last year. That's fair. Uh, no. yeah, he, he hosts the show, as you know, there on WBT, and with his support and his charm, it just made sense that we would hit the stage together to uh, help people have a good time. So uh, this is uh, tomorrow between 1 and 5, and uh, mm-hmm. it is in Uptown. But I also note, I've been saying this to people for the last few weeks when I've talked about this event, it's at the Roxbury Nightclub, which I saw in the paper. They're closing. Uh, they're not yeah. renewing the lease on that on that uh, building uh, or, or in the, on their space. And so and if you... Know you that really makes me sad. Yeah. Every year that we've had the dance party at the Roxbury Jody Sullivan, who's been a very responsible nightclub owner for many, many years in this city, um, he has given us his facility for free. Venues don't do that. So mm-hmm. He opens the doors. He cleans it up. He staffs it so that we can have a good time and raise money for the Alzheimer's Associated Association. And he has never, ever 
ever charged us a dime. Just ask, what time do I need to open the doors? And business owners like that, we should treasure. And I certainly hope the Roxbury and Jody Sullivan find another place yeah. for people in Charlotte. Or well, Gastonia, come out to where I am. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, well, and it's one of the things, like, if you've never been to the Roxbury before, this is a great opportunity to go see it before it's, you know, because it, it's been uh, it's been a fixture of Charlotte for so long. Right. And so, like, and it's a good way it's so to see it. Fun. It has 80s and 90s decor. It's an 80s and 90s club. So they always play the songs that were popular when I was in high school and college. And so... Like I said, DJ Errol Collins, who you know, he's mm-hmm. going to be spinning the tunes for us. Uh, we have a 55 and up dance contest to see, you know, who, which golden girl or golden guy can bring it. And because we're right in the middle of Taste of Charlotte, the winner of our dance contest, the winners, rather, are going to get coins to enjoy Taste of Charlotte. It's a fantastic place to come and cool down because Taste of Charlotte is going to be hot. So you come on over, make a donation to the Alzheimer's Association at the door. However much you would like to give us to come and support the Alzheimer's Association. Are you still sending people to the website for tickets as well? You can go to the website, but you can also just come to the door. Gotcha. Uh, you can go to familydancelt.eventbrite.com or mix1079.com or just put on your dancing shoes and stop by. It is, it is between 1 and 5 p.m. tomorrow, Saturday, June 10th. It is the family dance party. It is back, and uh, we'd and love Pete, to see you out there. Thing. Yeah, yeah. One more thing, Pete. Thank you so much for your support. Oh, I sure. We appreciate it and you. Oh, well, sure. Absolutely. We'll see you tomorrow. I'll be there tomorrow. I, I, am, uh, I am not promising to dance at all, but I, I will be there. Where, uh, where are those um, go-go boots that you like to dance in? That you are not supposed to talk about <laughs> the boots. I thought we had a deal. All right. Uh, Ramona Holloway, thanks so much for your time. Uh, go out and see her tomorrow uh, at the family dance party, too. All right. Thank you, Ramona. Appreciate you. Um, that is the family dance party. Just uh, I didn't even know you can go uh, just pay at the door. That's fantastic. Uh, it's at the Roxbury Nightclub in Charlotte. Like I said, if you haven't ever been there, 80s, 90s club, you got to go see it before they move um, out of the space. Uh, let me go over here. We'll get Terry on. Hello, Terry. Welcome to the program. How are you? I am doing great. How oh. yourself? I, mean, hey, I never, good. I never would have thought or never dreamed I would be talking about a word with a wordsmith like you. Well, I am glad to have made this day happen for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I listen to you every day. Uh, but your previous caller about um, the word uh, yeah and yes, mm-hmm. uh, the Beatles song... I love you, yes, yes, yes. Mm. Uh, mm, I don't think that would sound as good as I love you, yeah, yeah, yeah. The word yeah and yes are spelled differently, but they mean the same thing in my book. Mm, yeah. Uh, now, oh, yes. can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. That was my point I was trying to make. I don't understand why he was tr- what point he was trying to make. It's one of those. I think it's one of those things where... Um, it's like me with the word, uh, with the phrase less, when you see uh, the checkout counters and it says 10 items or less, it's 10 items or fewer to be grammatically correct. And to use the precise language, yes versus yeah. And I remember, I'm old enough to remember where that was kind of seen as a, uh, it was slangish. It was, you know, you would get 
you would get corrected by your teacher if you said yeah. They would say you say yes. Not yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Oh, yes. Because I said yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, buddy. I appreciate it, Terry. Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> uh, all right. Have a good one, man. I appreciate the call. All right, thank you. All man. right, see you. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. And uh, Bob says uh, the G-men spend more time printing Trump documents than investing uh, investigating Biden's bribery. Uh, yeah, it does seem like that. Hello, Stacy. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Pete. How are you today? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? I just wanted to ask you something. Doesn't all, right. all this just seem sketchy from the start? All uh, who, what? Who wants an biography of Mark Meadows? Oh, that is fair. That's, yeah, that's a fair now, point. when they called and said, hey, we have this great <laughs> idea. We want to do an autobiography of Meadows. Right. I guess I'm looking for the time frame. Was it after January 6th, before January 6th? Why would they even want to be there? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's a very good question. So maybe, yeah, maybe they were undercover agents for the FBI. Maybe they were in there. Uh, to ghostwrite, quote unquote, but they weren't really there to ghostwrite. They were there to record and get and, and get incriminating stuff. It's a sting. I don't. know. It just sounds sketchy. Mm. Hadn't even thought of it. All right. Well, that's food for thought. Stacy, thanks. I appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Bye, Pete. All right. See ya. Um, well, it's possible. Hang on. Let me shift gears before we uh, get out of here. Fifteen years ago, new generation of young voters propelled Barack Obama to a decisive victory. It augured a new era of Democratic dominance. Fifteen years later, those once young voters aren't so young, and they are not so Democratic. I mean, Biden still won in the millennial uh, cohort. He won it by like 10 to 12 points, but Obama carried it by 20 to 25 points. The shift towards the right among young voters who propelled Obama to victory 15 years ago is now part of a larger pattern. Over the last decade, almost every cohort of voters under the age of 50 has shifted towards the right. Almost every cohort of voters under age 50 have shifted to the right. That is based on analysis of thousands of survey interviews archived at the Roper Center. The shift to the right appears largest among the oldest of the younger voters, the older millennials who came of age in a very different political era than today. Many of the issues that drew young voters to the Democrats in 04 and 08, like the Iraq war or gay marriage, don't seem like issues at all anymore, right? Six packs of shiner, 99 cent butane lighter, lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler, take a gas at all to do her. I can feel a good one coming on. Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard, sing along to Redneck Mother. I can feel a good one
Let me tell you a story real quick out of Washington Post. Ryan Lutz and his wife, software engineers, both of them, moved to Land Lakes, north of Tampa, Florida, to get out of the Minnesota suburbs and get some of that freedom. In a ragtop Mustang, followed us down to the lake and didn't have to think about that too long. Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight, situation couldn't be more right. So the Lutzes moved to Florida. They, they call their house a little patch of paradise. Culturally and politically, though, it's taken some getting used to. It's a stark difference. And the attacks on education, women, and LGBT folks don't sit very nicely with me. But then, it's hard to be too mad at the world when you're cruising around the lake on a jet ski. <laughs> Without any sense of irony. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone. We're going to get to be-